Blog Talk Radio. Live edition of Way In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin, joined with Jonathan Miklos, the one and only today. We are appearing a little earlier than normal on a Sunday. Usually we do Sunday evening, but need to do it earlier today. So we appreciate all you changing your schedules last minute, joining us. And if you can't make it live, of course, you get the the archive. You can get it through right now. Carolina up 20 to 10 on the Tennessee Titans. Nine minutes left in the game. Some big games going on. We will talk in the NFL, and you know I'm going off today regarding some of the things I saw in college football, and I'm sure Jonathan will as well. Jonathan, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. Um, watching uh, Carolina play a really good game today. Very happy with that. Uh, just trying to figure out what happened to Green Bay. That's what we all want to know. But, yeah, this this Carolina game put some fear in me today. I was on Sonny Clark's, Sonny Clark's show, that being said, this morning. And there's something about playing four playoff teams in a row and now you're you're playing a Tennessee Titan team with, with a, a dual-threat quarterback like Mariota. Kind of scared me. It's not over yet, but I really like the way the, the Carolina Panthers are responding after winning that many games in a row, but for Green Bay right now, down 12 to three, what? I mean, Denver, they took it out of them a couple of weeks ago. They came back to Carolina, and Carolina actually blew them out last week and let them back in late. But you tell me, Jonathan, is the problem Aaron Rodgers? Is the problem the offensive line? Is it coaching? Tell me what you think it is, because there's no way Detroit should come into your house after you lose two in a row and, and only holding you to a field goal. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Detroit's won a game in Lambeau since I think it was, like they said, 1990. So, 1991, they're actually talking about it right now. 1991 was the last time Detroit won a game in Lambeau. Um, I'm watching wow. this, and what I'm seeing is Rodgers doesn't look comfortable, and it's all, I, I, I have to believe he's not trusting his receivers. They're they're throwing the ball way too much, but that offensive line can't run block. I mean, this is just it's it's a mess, and this poor defense is getting hung out to dry left and right. Yeah, it is, and you know, like Andrew Lug, when I watched him play, we all knew something was wrong with him physically. Do you think anything's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? I, I think it's just the team sucks right now. Yeah, no, Aaron looks healthy. Uh, he's moving around just fine. Yeah, he's getting a zip on the throws. Um, it's just he he's just not hitting guys. You know, I, I think it's more of a mental thing at this point for Aaron than it is anywhere near close to being physical. I mean, this is a team that that I was worried about being a Carolina fan. You know, having to go to Lambeau in in January in the playoffs, but. Hell, it may be that Green Bay's not even going to make the playoffs, Jonathan. I mean, you never know 
what kind of impact this kind of game, this kind of run can have on you. All of a sudden, you, you think you're a lock, and, and then you play at Minnesota next week. You play a Chicago team that's playing a lot better. You go to Detroit. You play Dallas, at Oakland, at Arizona, and then Minnesota. Could we be talking about a, a Green Bay Packer team that gets left out of the playoffs if they don't wake up? Yeah, I mean, if they, if they don't light this ship somehow, as they just went, I believe, three and out for the umpteenth time again, uh, if they don't light this ship, they can easily find themselves watching watching from home. I, I just, you know, the injury to Jordy Nelson, at the time, it was, you know, everybody talked about how big of a deal it was. And, and then they came out, and James Jones all of a sudden was able to get open all the time and catch everything. And, I, I mean, you know, that, that injury is really wearing its ugly head because don't get me wrong, Devontae Adams has been good. Uh, Randall Cobb has been almost non-existent today. And he's stolen passes to Jared Aberdias and some guy named whose last name was Perillo, who I don't know who that is. I, of course I know Aberdias is. But, you know, you, we've gotten to the point where they're using undrafted free agents as, you know, two and three wideouts whenever somebody needs a breather. It's just that injury to Jordy really, really hurts them looking back at it. Jason, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, Jonathan. Jonathan, can you hear me now? Yeah, boss. I'm sorry about that. I hit mute, so forgive me on that. I wasn't even looking at the studio. So, you know, I was going to ask you, and maybe I was on mute when I did. The Pittsburgh Steelers having their way with Cleveland today. Big Ben not in the lineup, Landry gets hurt, and then all of a sudden Big Ben's back in. So my question to you is, if you're healthy enough to play now, why didn't you start the game? I, I just don't understand. Uh, well, I thought it was a good coach's decision to uh, have him co- you know, start the game on the bench. Um, a, you're playing Cleveland. B, they're starting Johnny Manziel. So you know they're not going to score more than 10 points. Uh, Landry's looked good enough these past couple games that he has played in uh, to where I think you could, um, you know, they felt comfortable letting him start this game and going from there. And they want to give Ben time off. They want to make sure he's 100% healthy because they're gearing up for this stretch run. They're obviously a contender for a wild card spot. Yeah. So can you hear me okay now? Crystal clear. All right, good. I'm sorry. I was like, Jonathan, are you crazy? Are you on mute, Jonathan? Are you on mute? And it's me on mute. <laughs> so, uh, Sonia called in. I see Sonia. I missed a call from her. Sonia, if you're listening, and I'm going to send her a message, uh, we're going to talk some college football, of course, in a minute. But, you know, we got to talk NFL, too. College football. And I'm I'm going off today. I'm I'm going off. That's an uncensored raw footage here. I'm going off on, on Gus Malzahn and the Auburn Tigers today. So you don't Uh-oh. hear this much, but I am I am pissed. Uh-oh. I am pissed right now. But but we're gonna talk about this and we're gonna also celebrate an Oregon duck victory on the road at Stanford that happened yesterday that I'm very proud of 
of the Oregon Ducks. I know Jason Humphrey, he's going to get on here in a minute and talk about them once we get into college. A lot of college we're going to talk. Don't worry, guys. But right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down 6-3 to three to the Dallas Cowboys right now. I think, for some reason, I think Tampa's going to sneak this one out, guys. I don't know why. Tampa's going to hit something deep. Winston's going to bring them down the field and win. But what is going on in Washington with the New Orleans Saints right now? Down 47 to 14. I mean, I didn't know Washington was capable of scoring 47 points. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans, their their defense is atrocious. Uh, Kirk Cousins looks like an all-pro right now. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's up for MVP honors after this game. Yeah, the Eagles right now. The Eagles driving Jonathan. Down twenty to sixteen to Miami, and I don't know about. I just don't have a lot of faith in Philly right now. The quarterback situation; they just got a touchdown. Oh, looks like he bobbled the ball or was out of bounds. One they'll review that one. Philly was trying to take the lead. Green Bay is trying to drive fourth and twenty on their own forty-two. Man, this is. I remember a day where Green Bay was held to a field goal. I mean, like especially against Detroit, they lost everybody. Detroit has the ball now at their own 25. It's just embarrassing. And another embarrassing performance today, Jonathan, the Rams down 14 at home to the Chicago Bears. What's going on with that? You know, it's it's weird. The the Rams are just an odd team. And they really are because they should be able to run the football. Todd Gurley's been fantastic. So they should be able just to run the football, set up a play action, and go from there. And going up against the Bears, it's not like the Bears have the greatest defense. It, it's a decent defense, but this isn't, you know, 06 Bears. And the Rams just can't move the football. I mean, once Trey Mason fumbled um, early in the second quarter, it seems like this offense just stalled out. Yeah. What are you doing even putting Trey Mason in the game when you got Gurley right now? Don't even give him a break. Just ride that horse all the way in. No sense in that, but... Carolina to touch back on 10 right now. Third down and one. Just looks like they just got a first down. Cam Newton is a beast, man. Guys out there, if you're listening, you know this guy is a freaking beast, a monster. Jonathan, I mean, when you're this size at quarterback, third and short, it's automatic. I mean, it is automatic. Carolina is unstoppable in third and short situations right now. They're about to finish off a Titans team and go 9-0 and right now. Ron Rivera sitting over there looking like Lambo over here. I mean, he, I mean, can you believe? I mean, do you think he's that good of a coach? I mean, I, I really don't. I think he's the benefit of of having a good quarterback in Cam Newton and a good defense. I just don't think he's a great football coach. Do you? Well, Ron I think Rivera, he, that is. Yeah, I I think I think he's an excellent. He was a, he's obviously an excellent defensive coordinator. I remember from his time in Chicago. He was the defensive coordinator when he went to the Super Bowl. Uh, very impressed with him in that aspect. Um, and I think he's done wonders for the Chicago, for the Carolina defense. As far as the you know being a, a coach in general, I mean he's better than you know than a lot of the guys. You know I, he's not afraid to trust his team or to trust his quarterback. I mean I take him in Tampa. I'll take him in Tampa. I'll, t- I'll put it that way. You know, a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have said that, uh, and that's because of the fiasco between him and the Bears and their contract, you know, snafu. Um, but 
after seeing what he's done in Carolina and how he's turned that team around, I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that would turn him down. Yeah, Cam with another big run, bootleg, uh, pick up a first down, up 20 to 10, deep, deep in Tennessee territory, but the clock's 3:27 right now. Jonathan, uh, Green Bay has the ball back at their own 22, 10 minutes left, down 12-3. Let's look at some afternoon games right now. Tampa with the ball. We'll keep a close eye on that at their own 44, down 3-6. to six. I have a feeling Winston's going to win this game 10-6. to six. Today, the Vikings on the road at Oakland. I think Oakland's for real, but this is a game that really Minnesota needs to win, especially with Green Bay losing right now in the funk with a heads-up battle with Green Bay looming. This is a very, very important game for Minnesota. I think this is a must-win for them. If they can win today and win against Green Bay, they've got a commanding three-game lead in that division all of a sudden. Yeah, this is an important game for Minnesota. Um, I, I, I mean, this is just as important for uh, Oakland, though. I mean, this is probably the biggest home game Oakland's played in five years. Maybe longer. I, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, this is huge for them. So, I'm interested to see. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm going to take Oakland. Um, Teddy Bridgewater still, you know, he's he's cleared the play, but coming off that concussion still, you know, has me a little worried. I'm going to pick Oakland in this game. Being at home, I think Minnesota, oh, Oakland is a real good football market there. They're not your, your old Oakland Raiders. So we're, we're going to look at them. You're going to take Vikings, right? No, I'm going to take the Raiders. I can't I can't in good conscience take the Vikings today. All right, that's good. And another late game today, New England takes their 8-0 record to New York, 5-4 with Dallas struggles right now. Dallas on the verge of possibly losing this game if they don't hold on. How big a game is this for New York? Well, this is a huge game uh, just from the standpoint of they seem to always have New England's number. Um, Coughlin is 5-1 and one against Bill Belichick, and I believe they've won the last three. So th- this is a huge game. Uh, I think it's going to be an excellent game. I-, I think the Patriots might be able to pull this one out, but with the, with the Giants being seven-and-a-half-point underdogs, I'm going to take the Giants against the spread. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Giants as well. I'm going to tell you something that's cute about the Carolina Panthers right now. All these kids are are in the stands right now, pins and needles, hoping that Cam can get in that end zone so they can get up the ball right now. I don't know if they'll do it. I would do it for the kids out there. Sonia, I see you in there. We'll bring you on in a minute. We're going to talk to college in just a couple of minutes. We're both going with the Giants in this one. Chiefs at Broncos. The Broncos with a Choke artist job against Indy last week. Come back home, a three and a half point favorite over the Chiefs. I, I'm just liking the Chiefs in this game. I know that's probably stupid right now, but I just don't have any faith in the different Broncos. I think what they did to Green Bay was more Green Bay struggles right now. And I watched Denver play last week. I don't know if they can beat the Chiefs right now, Jonathan. Well, my question is: Is Peyton Manning actually healthy? Um, I, I, you know, I know he's probable today with, you know, a jaw injury, and we all know how, how tricky those can be. I mean, if he's not healthy, just like the second half of last season, the Denver's going to get smoked. 
Yeah, I just think that he gave one last performance to Cunsworth against Green Bay, and now Kansas City in a must-win situation. Three and five record. They have to keep going. I'm going to pick, I don't know, tough right now. Scoring a big 313 Bears over Rams. And another update that the Buccaneers are in the red zone of Dallas, Jonathan. I know the two minute warnings here. You're wanting to see what Winston can do. Can he beat the Cowboys? Yeah, I think they're going to beat him. So stay tuned for that one. I'm going to pick Kansas City in a slight upset. You're going to pick Kansas City as well. Uh, I'm not, no, gonna go not. I'm not going to go against Tate Manning at home. That just sounds like a bad idea. I know, but I feel like a bad – I'm in a bad mood, so I'm going bad directions right now. Arizona on the road. This is a game I like tonight. Going to Seattle, getting three points. I like Arizona, Johnson. I like they're a better football team. This is not your Seattle team of old. They beat somebody this year with a winning record, I don't think. Arizona gets it down on the road. Good quarterback playing good defense. Yeah, I mean, after – and the Carolina game sold me a lot on how Seattle was going to regress this year. And it, was, it wasn't it was even the fact, oh, well, you know, Carolina beat them. No, 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 Carolina's a good team. Don't get me wrong. It's the way they did beat them. Cam was able to beat them through the air. I think the secondary is having some issues. And I think Arizona, you know, their defense is just as good as Carolina. So I think they're going to shut them down. And this is going to be an Arizona victory, and they're going to go ahead and wrap this division up quick. So, man, Kansas just got in the end zone. He's doing showboating like an idiot, and somebody on the Titans comes up and pushes him from behind. And they're going to get the ball, going to give it to Kid. But, you know, I love Cam. He's that stupid in the end zone. I just go for it. I'm, I'm sick of seeing that, man. Somebody's going to end up trying to paralyze him. If he doesn't quit, then you like all that showboating after score. I mean, come on, let's let's act like you've been there before, Ken. Uh, I'm not always a big fan of it, to be honest with you. Uh, Tomlinson was always one of my favorites because he wound up just slipping the ball to the ref nine out of ten times. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think Ken's an excellent quarterback, I, and I think you know he's kind of earned the right to, you know, brag a little yeah. here and there. Well, they're up 27 to 10, two minutes left. What a road performance. This Carolina team is, is a Super Bowl contender right now. There's no doubt about it. The balance running the football, throwing the football, they're finding weapons. Drake's a great tight end. That's playing well. When you can physically pound people, Jonathan, and all of a sudden, November, December comes around, people are worn out, people are getting tired, then you can really start punishing them if you're Carolina running the football at them, and that's going to really help them down the stretch. The schedule's looking okay. Uh, Cam Newton got a got a celebration flag, but another game. Who did you say you like between the Cardinals? Oh, I'm taking the Cardinals. Yeah, I am too. The Bengals over the Texans tomorrow night, I don't even think that's worth even discussing, is it? I mean, that, that game's going to be really, really ugly. It's going to be over quick. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what Sonya's going to say about the the tide. We're going to get her on in a minute. And I did my new rankings out there for this week, guys. And y'all tell me what you think real quick. My top ten, and this is me. I don't care what anybody else says. But I have Alabama at number one. 
I'll look at that defense, the best defense in the country, and I'll see what you have to say about it, Jonathan, in just a second. I surprisingly have Notre Dame at number two, looking at the way they're playing the defense, the loss on the road to Clemson. I, I just think that I think they're better than Clemson right now. I put Ohio State at three, and that's because I like that defense that they have as well. And Barrett's starting to get coming off the DUI and everything. Clemson four, Florida five. And I put Florida up that high because of their defense right now and this late in the season. Oklahoma six, Oklahoma State seven, Iowa eight, Michigan State nine. And uh, let's see who I put tenth right there. Utah, I was going to put there, but I'm going to go ahead and move Michigan up because they lost last night. What do you think about my top ten? Oh, it's definitely interesting and it's going to generate some conversation. Um, I mean, I. That's the point. I really don't know how I feel about Alabama being number one. I really don't. And, and you know, that loss to Ole Miss is probably still throwing me for a loop that it shouldn't, to be completely honest. Um, I, I do think that Alabama is an excellent football team, and I do believe that. They're going to be there at the end of the year. Uh, after what I saw yesterday, it, it wasn't a dominating offensive performance by any means. Uh, poker didn't look that good. But Henry is just on another level right now as far as running backs go. Uh, it might be mm-hmm. Trent Richardson, the year that, you know, Richardson helped carry that team. So I think, you know, Alabama, at the end of the day, they're going to be there. and they, They're probably going to win it all once again. Well, Sonia, uh, I don't I don't know if you think Alabama is the number one team right now. I do, looking at the teams they played. Welcome to the show, first of all. And, man, that, that Henry is a beast. Deuce! That's Deuce, King Henry. Um, Alabama's always the number one you do, so I'm biased. <laughs> I readily admit I'm biased. But I'm, I have no problem. See, I'm not. See, I'm not. You think I'm at number I'm one? Biased. I have no problem with that. Um and and Jonathan, I hate him, but look at me. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. Yes, ma'am. I was saying hello. <laughs> I, I was I was waiting for you to start picking on me for not having for not thinking Alabama's best you know number one in the rankings right now. Oh no, honey, please look. Your opinion doesn't matter. I care about the POC. <laughs> Mine even doesn't even matter. It's the POC as long as they think they're number one. I'm good. <laughs> As long as they think that they're one of the top four uh, four teams in the country on December sixth, I'm good. Let's just put it like that. But I was oh, very I, happy yesterday. I mean, Bama. How long has it been? Hey, Sonia, how long has it been since you've seen Bama defense? <clears throat> Excuse me, this dominant. Um, not since like 2012. I feel like 2000, 2011, 2012, and I, I love it because Reggie Ragland. He said it preseason. I actually, not too uh, just earlier this week, I retweeted that story. Um, he did an interview, and he said that the biggest problem is that teams don't fear Bama's defense as they used to, and that was going to be their key goal. <laughs> I think they far from attained it. They far from surpassed that goal because yeah. that front seven right there. If you ten years from now, if all of them are not in the NFL, we're not here. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> well, what, are you, what, what are you talking about? Ten months from now. This is a, a team that can get pressure with four is a team that you have to fear. And, and Alabama yesterday, they they just toy with people like that. I, I still don't trust the offense. I don't 
trust Coker at times, and but I know mm-hmm. Henry, you know, I, I do trust him. I know what he's going to be able to do. But it does seem to me that Alabama's starting to get more of the identity on on offense of just running the football again with that defense. You know, coming into the Iron Bowl in a couple of weeks, I just I don't see how Auburn can even score on a team like this. I mean, I just don't see it. But well, it's a rival game, balance. you know, of course. I love the balance that's coming up. Um, you know, when when you focus, and let's let's use LSU as an example, because I you know we I watched the games yesterday too, and I was just like, seriously, LSU Arky. You know, and it's no no offense to Arky because Brett Belima has brought. I have a new respect for Brett Belima. Okay, I will I will be the first one to eat crow and say I've I've new respect for him. He has brought that Arky team back. You know, they're not all the way back, but he's brought them so so far from where you know the Petrino Arky days. But um, when I look at our offense, I see what Nick was looking at last you know, last year. And, you know, the year before that, when he was like, we need to change. Alabama is known for what? Running a ball, ground and pound, stout D. That's it. But if you can overcome those, guess what? You shut Alabama down. Now, LSU. LSU has one weapon, and that is Leonard Fournette. If you shut Leonard Fournette down, you shut LSU down. Unlike with Alabama, okay, if you shut Henry down, guess what? Okay, we got a... Uh, uh, C-Rid over here, Calvin Ridley, you know, we've got other options there. And I'm really glad to see oh. us kind of go away from the regular. You know what I mean? I, I kind of like that because it's like you get to the point and it, it's like, okay, boom, this is how you beat Alabama. No, switch it up. And that's one thing that Nick is good at. He never lets you know what he's fully got in his bag. So even us, you know, well, us fans, that's true fans, we're surprised sometimes. We're like, whoa, when did that – whoa, where you come from? <laughs> Well, I'm gonna tell you this. Not y'all remember me saying this when LSU weeks ago when they were number one or number two or three. I I really didn't have much faith in them because of the quarterback position. But Jonathan, is it a fair statement for me to say that Alabama beat LSU twice? Because that game last night was a team that was mentally and physically beat up and just no no kind of heartbeat. You know that's coaching to me. But that's also why. You can't just blame it all on the coaches. Alabama beat LSU twice. Is it fair to say that? I, th- I think it is. I really do. Because uh, they, they did. They mentally just trashed them. And LSU season might be done because of it. I mean, it's, it, it, that that game, that, that beatdown oh, might have it's really done. just I mean, crushed LSU's heart. You know, and it's not like Fournette didn't have a good game last night. I mean, there were runs where he was carrying four or five guys at a time. It's just you hit it right on the head. They have no consistent quarterback. Malachi Dupree is an excellent receiver and made some ridiculous catches last night. But, he, you know, uh, Harris can't consistently get him the football. Mm-hmm. Well, Coker, Coker, one thing about him, and, and like, if, if you're, you can't run, just say if you're – you're struggling. I do have faith in Coker to be able to pass it and hit the weapons that Alabama has to keep defensive honest, and that's why they're so hard to stop because, you know, they three yards you to death, and then all of a sudden Henry yep. breaks a 75-yarder. It's just you, you feel like you've got them under control, and then boom, that's how quick it changes. You can't score on them. You can't score on them. And Prescott's I- the best quarterback in the SEC. There's no doubt about it. He was on the sidelines cussing Dan Mullen. They were he was so frustrated because it's like 
all year I've been able to throw for three, three fifty a game, and now I can't even complete a pass. Uh, it's just it's, it's unbelievable the defensive performance after an emotional game against LSU. You know, after playing the the big game to be able to come on the road and dominated a pretty good Mississippi State team. They're not great. They're not as good as they were last year, but 31-6, to Sonia. You have to be proud of how focused Alabama oh. looked after that, after tell, the first quarter. I'm going to tell you, I was over here, I was beaming, beaming after the second quarter once we, get, um, once we uh, got past halftime. But it was so good to see him. It, it was good to see the Coker, the, the recruit Coker. You know what I mean? It, it was good to see that Coker those flashes of brilliance, you know, those flashes of great plays. But he also has to balance it out because this is the thing. People don't understand. It's like, okay, he's not going to step up like a G-Mac or a McElroy. You know what I mean? He has to learn. And I think with A.J. coming back and helping him and, and talking to all of them, but really specifically with Jake, it's, it's kind of helped his confidence some. Um, I think he – he has to learn how to hide his eyes better. And that's one thing that Dak Prescott has that he doesn't is you you know where Coker's going. That's why he's easily picked off. You know, but he can't hide his eyes. He's going to look at whoever he's targeting. And um he just he's got to he's got to work on that. I would say that I am very 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 sad to hear that uh or to see that um Drake was hurt. Drake. Yeah, it was like, he broke oh his my. Wrist, didn't I, he broke his arm. Yeah, it, well, it's two things. It's supposed to be, first I heard break, and then it was a sprain. Because I'm hearing he's supposed to be back in like three to four weeks. So we'll see. But it really hurt to see that because it's like, wait a minute. Last time it was Ole Miss in the leg. This time, no, you can't go back to Mississippi. <laughs> Kenyon Drake is not allowed back in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> it's no, we cannot have that. But it really kind of hurt to see that, but I'm, I'm hearing some, some positive news out of that. But it's great just to have Alabama back on, you know, back where Alabama used to be, needs to be. Because a lot of folks were saying back, and I'm like, what do you mean back? It's not like Alabama went anywhere. You're just, you're, you know, you're used to Alabama doing this, this, and this. But now they're doing this, this, and this, and they're getting, you know, the same results. So guess what? It shows that we're more than a one-dimensional team. It's showing that Saban was smart to bring in Kiffin, you know, to, to, to kind of change up our O-line. We needed to get yeah. to this standard. I'm well, very happy. You're going to need – you're going to need – you're going to need Coker to play off, to play us. Uh, the, the teams in that Final Four, you're going to need Coker. Henry's not going to be able to do it alone, of course. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I don't think he, y'all expect him to. But I, I do expect him to have to play above his head. And let's – Let's move on to a team that the Auburn Tigers yesterday gave one away. And I want some opinions from both of you guys. And, you know, I'm an Auburn fan, and I've been saying all along, Sean White is not the quarterback for Auburn, but especially if he's hurt. So Auburn's cruising right along, 10-3, to 3, you know, running the ball very well. And all of a sudden, here comes Sean White at the game. And throw it three times, not even close, three and out. Georgia gets it, scores. Back to Sean White again. He he gets fumbles. He gets sacked because he can't even walk around. They get more points and they return a punt. Jonathan, I don't know if you watched that game or saw it, but if you're Gus, I put the loss on this to Gus Malzahn, man. Auburn was 
defense held held Georgia to 243 yards, which is phenomenal. It's the best defensive performance in four years there that, that we've seen. But why in the hell do you put Sean White in that game, John? I don't know, and it frustrated me as somebody who uh, had, took a <laughs> somebody who took Auburn yesterday. Uh, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, Jeremy Johnson looks good. I'm, you know, I'm very pleased. Let's go ahead and keep on rolling and get this game done. All of a sudden, I saw Sean White, and I go, what, what, what happened? What I miss? You know, because I'm trying to bounce back close to that in the Florida State game. And I'm sitting there going, did did Jeremy get hurt or did Gus just go stupid for a minute? And, and it just yep. it threw he me did. off. He went stupid. I mean, it just threw me off. I'm sitting there going, not, oh, what are you going to You going to catch a Georgia by surprise by throwing in a pocket passer? I mean, come on now. What, what is this? I, I don't understand what, what Gus is trying to do right now. I think he needs to let Jeremy play. If, you know, it, yeah, you're bringing in Franklin, that's fine and dandy, but let Jeremy play because the boy can play next year, and you got a year to let, um, you know, Franklin come in and learn the offense. I mean, what are you doing, Gus? And, and Sonia, when you have Jeremy Johnson in the game, he gives you – he makes the defenders respect the run, and he kept it a few times yesterday, got some good runs, but Auburn was clicking, and – for the Auburn defense the last two weeks, my gosh, it's where I mean, even without their best safety being in the game, they're holding. They held A and M to 300 yards and 10 points. They held Georgia yesterday to 243 yards and 10 of those points were off turnovers. But Sonia, just like Alabama lost to Ole Miss, Auburn turned the ball over three times. Two, one of them inside the two yard line, going in to score a touchdown there, and then also on their own what, 10-yard line. So you can't turn the ball over if you're Auburn because you're just not good enough to beat teams and get minus three on the turnovers. What was Gus thinking yesterday in your mind, Fonda? Because that was the dumbest coaching I've seen in a long time. He wasn't. And I totally totally agree with what you said, and I totally agree with what uh, Jonathan said. You both are correct. Because we were sitting here, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, we had our garage sale going on. So Jason was in and out. We were both kind of in and out, you know. But I'm sitting here watching the game, and I'm like, okay, Auburn. You know, you know, we're friends with Carl, Carl's, uh, Carl Lawson's parents. So, of course, you know, we're looking for him and things like that. But I'm just sitting here like, dude, why? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I kind of had that, like, head to the side, perplexed look like, what are you doing? I mean, this is working. What are you doing? And it just it made me so frustrated. And the first person I thought of was you, Tarzan. I was like, Brian's probably throwing something right now. I he's just got didn't to be get doing it. something because I would. It's like you've got something that's working. And that D, what's the big what's the name? Hawkins? Um, not Hawkins. Who's the dude, the dude on D? That was your hot playmaker one, yesterday. Mark. Well, we had several. Adams, McKenzie. We had McKenzie. I mean, just, I'm trying. To, yeah, he's he's all over the place. Yeah, he was all over the place. I'm like, this is you know, this is the Auburn that 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 all Auburn fans have been waiting to see. This is the Auburn that we want to play. You know, this is it. And then I see that, and I'm just like, dude, for real? Like seriously? Yeah. Um, can you explain I'm... what was your like? What was? Is there a plan? <laughs> is it a I super secret? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and used to, you know, last couple of years we've seen the defense let the offense down, and 
you know, the offense has been doing okay this year. Now the defense finally put it together. Now the offense goes in a tank. There was there was one time yesterday in the fourth quarter, Auburn had like 15 plays and 13 yards. That's that's what they've done in the second half. That's not gonna it's not gonna win. And Georgia's offense is not not great by no means. But you hold them to 243 yards. That's not that's that's good for Auburn. Auburn did good enough to win that football game. But look. Sean White looked like a 75-year-old man limping in the air to play. And when you play defenses as sophisticated as Georgia and Alabama, and they know where you you're going to be. And they know the scrub. Yeah, no, and I, I don't get it. Gus Malvon, people, people are going to have to start holding him accountable. And I know they blame Rhett Lashley and everything. No, this is Gus Malzahn's decision. It wasn't Rhett Lashley's decision to put in. And what really pissed me off, as Gus said, after the game is, well, we had a plan. We're going to play him no matter what. Well, you can't say that. You can't say that you're going to play both quarterbacks because of the feel of the game. All of a sudden, Jeremy Johnson is doing what it takes to win, keeping right. Georgia's defense frustrated, and now you bring in Sean White and the momentum flipped. And, and you know what? Guess what? When, it was, when the chips were down there, they put Jeremy Johnson. He drove them all the way down the field. Ricardo mm-hmm. Lewis fumbled. It was a great play by Georgia. It's just one of those plays of football where, you know, a great hit, trying to extend the play. But Gus Malzahn, are you an idiot or what? That's how you get fired, doing stuff like that. It's not that you lose. It's how you lose. Auburn played good enough to win that game yesterday, and it's unfair to the players. They they have to do what you tell them to. And I'm not blaming Sean White. It's not his fault. But I think Sean White let on more that he was okay that he, he was able to go because he was a competitor and wants to play, but that's the head coach's fault for allowing him to play. And I just can't believe that I watched what I did yesterday. It was like I was in a Twilight movie or something, just sitting there watching it like, oh, my God, what just what just happened? And now the Iron Bowl coming up in two weeks. I thought, you know, with a, a win right there, with Auburn win against Georgia, it would make the Iron Bowl a lot more important and more interesting now. It's, it's probably going to be a blowout, Sonia. I don't know. I would um, – Gus did Mark's job for him yesterday, okay? He coached UGA. <laughs> he gave them that game. All Mark really had to do was sit back because, yeah, he did. He gave him the game. Uh, as far as Sean is concerned, I'm with you. It's not his fault, you know. And he, if you ask any player – who is trying to get reps and trying to get, you know, trying to get in there to raise their stats, are they ready to go in? Of course they're going to say yeah. But it, it, to yeah. me it was just kind of like, why in the world, okay, he's hurt. I don't Put him in the last two minutes, okay, if you just got to get him in. But you're winning now, and you need to, unless you have a comfortable lead, you stick with what is working. And he he didn't. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's trying to, you know, that goes to my super secret plan question. Just like uh, remember when Sanchez was with the Jets and Steve, they played the uh, Tennessee Titans and Trent Dilfer and Mark Sanchez just went off that night. That's mm-hmm. kind of how you feel when you watch this game. It's kind of like, dude, was it was it like some super secret plan that nobody else knew of? Then you find out later on there never was a plan. That's, that's kind of how I feel about good. Uh, kind of like it, it, here's what I think happened, guys. I'm hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping that that Vegas, some some bookie Guido, got a hold of Gus and said, "Look, you have to lose this game, or we're gonna kill your family, or something." You know, I'm I'm hoping that's what happened. You know, and that 
just you don't, I don't think you don't so. mess with okay. <laughs> especially after last week. Especially after last week. You brought Jeremy Johnson on the road at Texas A and M. He played a great football game, managed the team, the team played well, and then you carry it over, all of a sudden it's the same thing. The next week, Auburn broke a record this year. They had like 180 yards rushing in the first half, averaging eight yards a carry. Um, Georgia was dominated up front physically um, by Auburn, and Auburn's defense played well, and then it's just – I don't understand. It's like, okay, we're running the football. Let's just go and put a slow, injured white quarterback in. That's terrible. I mean, let, let, let's just throw them off guard. Well, Georgia's too athletic. And um, the, the quarterback at Auburn is not going to be e- anybody that's on that field that yesterday. It's going to be Franklin, somebody else. Auburn's offense cannot dominate without an athlete dual-threat quarterback at the position. I'm sorry. And you know what? That shows me that Gus Malzahn is not the master off that line that everybody thought because, you know, you should be able to take who you have. You should take who you have and be able to win with who you have and make an offense to fit them, and you can't do it. That's coaching, right, Fonda? Exactly. And now, to me, Gus is a good coach, okay? He is not a bad coach. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He is a good coach. But he is not the strategist that everybody thinks he is. He goes – he. A lot of stuff that happens with Gus is because of luck. Let's just be honest. It's luck. Sheer <laughs> dumb luck. And it makes no sense. I mean, it's kind of like, it's sort of ironic that now Gene Chizik is doing so much at North Carolina, you know. <laughs> and Gus well, came in behind him. You know, it's kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? But it kind of gives you a, an idea of, of who's really skillful and who's just kind of, you know, riding the, the wave. Yeah, there's something, there's something going on. He's the waves too much. There's, yeah, there's something going on. Because, Jonathan, you know, even Jeremy Johnson, you can call a game. And he was. He was calling the game to – with that a dual-threat quarterback, Jeremy was doing it just enough. But do you think what I said and what Sonia said was correct – the fact that Gus needs a dual threat quarterback to to look good is that is that his coaching fault or is that just his system's fault? Because I think you know he should be able to coach anybody up if he's a great coach. All right, that's definitely his system. Uh, he needs a dual threat quarterback for that system, and I think Gus right now what he needs to do is go ahead and check his pride at the door because his pride is telling him. That well, I, I know I can win with any quarterback I want, and obviously that's not true. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're seeing that you know right firsthand. You know, so what he what Gus needs to go ahead and do is just realize, look, I need a dual threat quarterback so that my offense can run. All right, so let me go ahead and make sure I have a dual threat quarterback. I mean, because the biggest issue is, you know, it, yeah, he's throwing Sean White out there. And thinking Sean White's going to be all right. Well, Sean White's not all right. You know, I mean, he, he obviously can't run your system, and you keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again. I mean, Gus, do you know what the definition of insanity is? Because, my God, you are insane right now. But <laughs> <laughs> these, these Auburn fans are, are wanting them to fire Gus right now. Come on, let's, let's just stop, slow down a minute, give him a chance to – to get the defense in place, which it's doing, I'm really I'm happy to see Auburn playing 
hard defense again. Let him see what he can do with Jeremy or the quarterback he brings in. I, I'm willing to give Gus one more year. And if, if in that do next it. year, and it's the same crap as this year, fire his ass. That's what you do. Okay, you had your it, chance, Gus. We're going a little different. But I think Will Muschamp this year is a savior of Auburn football. Believe it or not, everybody's talking about Muschamp can't coach. The hell he can't. And, the, and he can recruit as well. Tarvin, let's, let, let me say this to all you Auburn fans who are talking about fire Will. All y'all, fire, fire Will, fire Gus, fire either one of them, but mainly Gus. All of you Auburn fans who are saying that, take a look at Tennessee. If you want to see the results of coach hopping, look at Tennessee football. And sit yep, behind I'm now. happy with guys. <laughs> and I'm happy with guys. I mean – Two years in my two times in my life, Auburn's played in a national championship game, and guess what? I got to be a part of both of them. And Gus Malzahn was there in both of those games, Jonathan. You can't really discount that, can you? I mean, it's, nope. it's it, you can't win every football game. You cannot. The, the difference is this year, and I've noticed in football in general, the Alabama's number one in the SEC West. Auburn's the last in the SEC West. There's not much separating these guys. Auburn could be seven and two right or seven and three right now, eight and two. They're a couple of plays away from being that. You have to be lucky. You have to to be at the right place at the right time. You can't have injuries. And Jonathan, looking at Auburn this year, they've had all the the bad luck, the injuries, and just being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Being five and five is actually better than what I thought they would be after watching them against Jacksonville State. Yeah, I mean that. After that game, it, it was kind of a, oh, goodness, where are we going to go from here moment? And, th- you know, this team makes it to a bowl game, and that, that's obviously a huge accomplishment considering what they've gone through. But I think when we start bringing up injuries, sooner or later, two years in a row, now, you know, injuries have been kind of a, a fixture of why they've struggled, and that's where I go, well, isn't that poor recruiting, though? Because aren't you supposed to, aren't you supposed to be recruiting depth? And uh, if you can't recruit depth, then we got problems. I mean, I get at Florida yeah. State we've gone through the same thing. Luckily, defensively, we've been able to go ahead and just find new guys left and right. And you know, offense, along the offensive line, we we have little to no depth into that coming into the year. And, and that at that point was, you know, that was recruiting. We were all sitting there going, "That's just off recruiting." So I think as soon or later you have to say, "All right, well, the recruiting's obviously become an issue now if we're having issues with depth." Yeah, and you see Alabama week in and week out. I mean, every game they're rotating in three linemen, different ones. It, it, somebody goes out for Alabama, life goes on. The best player for Auburn goes out, the the world stops. Yeah, and, and that, yeah, and that's what Auburn's going to have to overcome. And, and it takes some years of recruiting, and they're I think they're getting there. But what hurt Auburn as well, the coaching change when Muschamp came in, we had like six defensive backs leave. And a couple mm-hmm. of defensive linemen kicked off the team, and you just have to you have to go to JUCO and kind of replace that and get some younger guys and develop them. And I really see Sonia that Will Muschamp has developed a lot of these players. Have you noticed that? And people like Florida fans are now that were kissing Muschamp's butt earlier. Now they're like, oh, he can't coach, and if they can't develop talent, really. And, and that, that Florida Man, defense out, out there right now is all is all Muschamp. That's that Auburn defense that allowed 10 points to A&M and, and really 200, yard, 200 and something yards to, 
to uh, Georgia. That's that's Will Muschamp developing. It takes time to learn a new system, and you can see Auburn struggling with that system early. But once they started getting it, they, that's coaching. He developed got, got them to buy into the system. When you've got a team that has gone from a national championship to a three and nine season, they get rid of their coach, they hire a new coach. When you've got a team like that, you can't expect them to turn around and bounce back so quickly. And that's one thing that you have to give credit to Gus for. Because here's a team, national championship, three and nine, boom, whoa, playing for another national championship? You know, where'd this come from? So you've got to give credit to Gus for for his skills and for his talent. But at the same time, just like with Tennessee, Butch Jones, he's been there for, what is it now, three years? Yeah, yeah I believe so. Three years? Okay. When he came in, he had a Tennessee team that was just, bleh. I mean, we, we, like we would laugh. Okay, come on. But look at where Tennessee is now. Their biggest problem is finishing. They're good. They can win. We've shown they've shown that they can lead and win. It's just finishing and blowing that lead that they've got to work on. But what I'm saying is, look at what those two men have done with that talent and the recruiting classes they've brought in. Why in the world would you kick him out? Give him a chance to show you what he can do. You know, and I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams fans, boosters, and a lot of people who really should not be involved have a little too much influence when it comes to that. But if anybody ever wants to see what happens, if you, you know, just decide to fire a coach every three years, look at Tennessee. Because you, know, you know the consistency there. We're about to move off Auburn real quick, but I had to talk about them. But, you know, I think the consistency of the system, having Muschamp there, I think Auburn's going to be – it could be next year. It seems like every three years these guys are playing for a national championship, 2010, 2013, 2016 is next year. We'll see. But it's like sometimes you just – you don't put it together on the field, and there's a lot of other reasons. But don't be so quick to fire a coach out there, people. That's the moral of the story. Even if I'm frustrated right now with Gus Malzahn, I've never once said fire I never once said get rid of Muschamp when our defense was struggling. Because what I saw with my eyes is a team that hadn't quit, that they don't give up, they fight, and that's coaching right there. So if Auburn goes into the Iron Bowl and gets beat 56 to nothing, maybe it's time to start looking at really what's going on. But I think you'll have a competitive game probably for a while. I think you know it's the it's the Iron Bowl, but let's let's move to talk about a game that that I picked yesterday, Sonia. Not many people did. Jason Humphrey did, and I did, and I think Chris Jones did. The Oregon Ducks knocked the Pac-12 really out of the college playoff, and Utah losing last night as well. So I want to hear from Jason Humphrey. He's on the line, Jason. If you want to talk about your Oregon Ducks, press number one because you picked it. Um, going out on the road in Stanford, being able to beat them like that, very impressive. Jason, man, how you doing, brother? Congratulations. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. What a game last night down at the Palm. At 38, 36, what a great game. So. Well, you, you, you called it 10-point underdog, you know, Oregon, Oregon going on the road to Stanford. And it seems like lately Stanford's had Oregon's number, right? Yes, Stanford has had Oregon's number, but it's it's that day that I've been the same. It's yeah, it's easy to get to the top, but how are you gonna deal when you're in a big game and that big bullseye is on your chest? Like Stanford was ten point favorites and 
They turn over the ball three times, two times in the fourth quarter, and a two-point conversion failed, and they lost the ball game. Yeah, but what what does that mean? Tell me real quick, and I'm not sure. What does what has to happen for Oregon to win their division? Um, Cal needs to beat Stanford, and Oregon needs okay. to beat USC and Oregon State. So, um, Oof, that's tough. Yeah, it, it is very tough. Um, like like I'm saying right now, I'm the biggest Cal fan against Stanford. Um, they probably won't do it, but for the division hopes for Oregon, I hope they do. So. Well, Jason, one well, one thing you have going for you is Stanford last night after losing that game and realizing they're out of the playoff, they may quit kind of and not be 100% into that game mentally, physically. And Cal's got a good football team. So, yeah. Or you can get to the Pac-12 point. championship and win it, man. If, if, if you can do that, I know you wouldn't make the playoff, but I'm sure you'd be happy as an Oregon fan to win the Pac-12. But... Oh, yeah. I was thinking last night, even though we beat USC and Oregon State, any Oregon fan should be happy with a 9-3 mark. Um, I'm sure after losing to Washington State and sitting there, oh, what, 3-3 and and being 9-3 at the end of the year, most Duck fans would say you're crazy. But um, I I think it's a good year. Um, It's not the year that Every Duck fan hopes did, but in nine and three, yeah. nothing to be laugh at. No, especially after you lose Mariota, like that was your player, that was that was really your team. But tell me about the Pac-12. They're eliminated from the playoff. It looks like. But do you think yeah, the Pac-12 is sure. good this year, or do you do you think it's just cannibalizing itself, and there's really no clear-cut number one team in the Pac-12? Yeah, I, I think it is cannibalizing. Canalizing itself. Look at Utah. They lost to Arizona last night in the double overtime to end any hopes of a uh, playoff game. Uh, uh, even even if Stanford and Utah wins out, it's probably a slim chance that you do get into the playoff. So. so yeah. Well, congratulations, buddy, on the game, but. But, Jonathan, you know, the Pac-12, you know, they're actually a good conference. I just don't think they have a clear-cut number one team in there that can that can dominate. They like Alabama does. You know, they're the, they're the only team probably in the SEC that is actually a national championship contender. But the problem with, with the Pac-12, they don't have any contenders, do they? Uh, not right now. And I'll tell, I'll tell you what last night what it did was – Barring Stanford beating Notre Dame, so Notre Dame wins out in the playoffs. I think we can all agree with that now. What's going to wind up happening is two conference champions are going to get left out of the playoffs. And if two conference champions get left out of the playoffs, I'm willing to bet you that whoever those two conferences are, let's just say for argument's sake, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, they're going to go out and all summer are going to campaign for an 18 playoff that guarantees all five Power Five conference champs. I mean, losing last night almost wound up being the best thing for us. You know, the Big 12, oh, well, it's the Big 12. Who cares what they have to say? They don't have a conference championship. But if the Pac-12 misses out in the playoffs, I tell you what, that's going to get some steam. An 18 playoffs going to get a lot of steam. It's going to be something to see. 
Yeah, I'm kind of – Sonia, I think Jonathan's right. I would like to see an eight-team playoff where at least all five major conferences champion got in there and then three wild cards because it, it's just hard to say to, to, to really understand who deserves to be there and really who doesn't. I mean, I just like to see the conference champions in there. Like if Alabama lost to, to Auburn and beat Florida, they were 10-2 and two or 11-2, and two, I think they should get a chance to play in the playoff, don't you? Being the SEC champion, that is. Sonia, are you there? I think we lost Sonia for a minute. Jonathan, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I think we lost Sonia. So, Sonia, I'm going to cut you off and call back in because now I can't see if you're muting. So, just call back in if you want to jump back in with us. But I look at I look at what you said, Jonathan, and I would like to see, like, the conference champions get in now. Here's the deal. What I would do is if – you're a conference champion and you have over two losses, there needs to be a clause in there to say, okay, then we may have four wild card teams. There needs to be something in there showing how many wins or losses, maybe the cutoff. You know, if you're an 11-2 Bama team, you win the SEC, you're in. If you're an 11-2 Oregon team, you win the Pac-12, you're in. But if you're a 10-3 and three type of team, Oklahoma, you know, or something like that in the Big 12, you're not coming in. If You, you know, you see what I'm saying? I just don't want you to come in. If your conference sucks, you shouldn't have you shouldn't have a championship, right? I mean, you shouldn't be in there. I see exactly what you're saying, and that's why I actually uh, saw earlier somebody talking about they said, uh, it, you know, top 15. You have to be a top 15 in, in the rankings. And, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, you, yeah, I think you can pile at the end of the year. And, you know, the way I would do it is you'd have your five power fives, you would have your one whoever the best group of five team is, uh, and then you'd have two at large bids. I think that'd be the best way of going about it. But I do think there would have to be a call for you. Have to be like a top fifteen team, um, you know. And if you're like a group of five team, you can't have you know you have to be undefeated, one loss, you know, two losses. We would have to have some conversations about what's going on in your conference. You lost two things like that. Like let's just say for argument's sake, you know, um, your best power five team is a two loss team. But their non-conference loss, you know, both the losses they have are non-conference on the road on two other playoff teams. Then you know you have it, it wouldn't hurt to let them in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there would have to be some sort of a qualifier to make sure that we just don't get any stupid thing happening. Yeah, well, I kind of like to see just the best four teams. Period. Sometimes if we're in the four, forget conference champions. Forget this. Who are the best four teams in the country? And that's that's what I'd like to see. But Sonia. I put a post out there the other day on Way in Sports about, you know, this playoff committee to me is corrupt. Barry Alvarez, uh, Osborne, and those guys, I really do think the SEC and the Big Ten are being favored. And I think if you look at the polls, the true rankings, Iowa at number five, what have they done really to be the fifth team in the country right now, in your opinion? Well, they've gone undefeated. And that's the thing, see – I hate when we when we get to the point where we expect a perfect system because there will never be a perfect system. But it's kind of like, okay, we went away from the eyeball test because that was too, you know, that could be um, influenced. You know, you can use outside mm-hmm. influence. So we go to the computers. Then we go to a combination of the eyeball test and the computers. Then we go to a playoff system. No matter what, everybody's going to find something wrong with it. But as far as Iowa... 
personally, <laughs> personally, married to a Big Ten uh, uh, expert, as you want to call him, uh, is Jason. Iowa sucks. Iowa has a, a crappy schedule, and Iowa is just, you know, the luck of the draw, so to speak. Guess what? They're still undefeated. Yeah, they still the get out there and play every is, week. It's kind of like, you know, Iowa okay, is, is who, who would you put above? What would you say? I said the problem I have with Iowa is they never play anybody. They haven't played anybody probably ranked out of conference in the last 25 years. They play okay, Illinois you, State, North Texas, teams like that. They don't ever play anybody. But can't you say the same thing for Ohio State? They're playing their first ranked opponent next week. And don't they say the same thing about the SEC, about us? Like, we don't yeah. play anybody or we don't go outside or we schedule cupcakes. I, I get frustrated with it because it's like well, no matter who it is, they're always going to give, you know, their opinion from their conference view. So you've got these Big mm-hmm. Ten people saying, oh, the SEC gets a free ride because it's the SEC. Well, wait a minute. Before the advent of social media, guess who was the big dude? You know, guess who was the big kahuna? It was the Big Ten. The SEC wasn't getting any love. But, see, we didn't have social media back then, but these people get that. I just think it's, it's, it's cyclical. You've got to let things play out. I don't think the, the POC is corrupt. You know, I think they try to be as, as objective as they can, but they will never please anybody. I don't think there's a bias yeah. towards the Big Ten and SEC at all. I just think those are where the better teams are. They, with the ACC oh. coming in a close second or third, if you want to uh, put it up there, because they're coming up. I just think that's well, the you way see, it is. Ohio, Ohio State, you know, they played Virginia Tech. Michigan State played Oregon. You know, it's, it's Alabama's going to play Southern Cal next year. But the problems I have with the Baylors, the Iowas, and teams like that is, first of all, the Iowa, like you said, they don't play anybody. The top three teams in the Big Ten, they're left off the schedule. Um, here they are playing week in and week out teams that, you know, they're, they're barely beating they, – they barely beat Pitt. Uh, Notre Dame beat them by about 40. They they needed uh, to come back and beat Illinois 29 to 20. Minnesota should have beat them last night. Indiana played them close. It's just like I just don't see. I know they went to Wisconsin, but Wisconsin hadn't been that dominant this year, and they went to Northwestern and won. So I'll give them that. But the problem I have is when you said they're undefeated, I get that that they're that they're undefeated. But I looked at Vegas like. 10 teams or 12 teams, maybe more, I can't remember, would be favored over Iowa. You know, like, would be favored, more talented and everything. That's where I have a problem. Alabama goes out and plays Wisconsin. They play the brutal SEC schedule. So a one-loss Alabama team or even a two-loss Bama team to me would be favored 14 to 17 points over Iowa undefeated. That's where I think we all get on the records too much and say, yeah, well, Iowa, they won all their games, but I just don't think that's enough sometimes. Well, mental okay, games you know what, with them are Houston. If you, look at, if you look at teams like Iowa and teams like the Baylors and all of that, to me, it's going to play itself out. Because once they get to that level and they have to play one of those top three teams, whether it be a Bama you know, or whoever, they'll lose. Nine times out of ten, you know, <laughs> you never say never, but nine times out of ten they're going to lose. So it kind of takes care of it. What it does, it shuts yeah. – it shuts, bleh, if I can get my words out, it shuts up 
the haters of the POC and gives them one less thing to use. Because just like what you just said, there's somebody on the opposite side saying, oh, wow, it's finally good that the little teams who usually don't get attention, you know, are getting ranked. So you've got the Memphis and the Houstons and the Iowas. You're giving these guys a chance to show that they belong. All it's going to do is make them continue to play up, continue to strengthen their schedule. We're not going to see immediate results, you know, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, and I'm not dogging them. I'm just saying it's not Iowa's fault, but I I, I blame the yeah. coach for Iowa and the, the the AD for not scheduling somebody. Jonathan, you've been quiet in this. What are your thoughts about Iowa and, and the way they schedule? It's been 25 years since they played a ranked opponent out of conference. Well, I, I have nothing against Iowa. I think that's a well-coached football team, to be perfectly honest. Um. And I, I think, you know, the the whole thing with Iowa is that they they do they impress me, and I I I, I think you know as a football team they're not a bad team. I got to give them a lot of credit for what they've done and how they've played. And you know, I just I just think honestly they deserve that ranking because they've been winning. And yeah, you know, they've been sweeping by some teams, but. You can't blow out every game. That's not their style. That's another yeah. thing you have to remember. Iowa is a slow, eat-the-clock, ground-em-out kind of a team, and and that's just what we have to remember with them. Yeah, and I will give them some credit. They did go to Indiana and win, a, place, a team that took Michigan to two overtimes. They did go to Northwestern and went over a ranked team. They did go to Camp Randall. And win a game like that. I'm just I'm talking about that out of conference kind of like the mentality of you know of the year that it's like if Auburn played and didn't have to play Alabama, LSU, you know Georgia or whatever year, and they didn't play anybody out of conference and they went undefeated, would they really deserve to be in that playoff? That's that's kind of what I'm talking about in a way. But you know I would. Is that what Ohio State's going through right now though, Tarvin? And they're, you know, yeah, they're I, the first winners of the playoff. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like what they're going through right Seriously, it is. Yeah, but Ohio State, one thing about them, though, they, last year they backed into that. They they beat Wisconsin. But if you look at that schedule this year, I mean, really, who have they played so far that, uh-huh. that, that was just way up there? You know, they haven't played a ranked team until, like you said, this week and then next week. So for two weeks in a row, we get to see uh, – what Ohio State's made of at home against Michigan State at Michigan. So we're going to find out if they're frauds or not, right? Oh, yeah. And that's what I was saying as far as, like, it plays itself out. It really does because you're going to see – I mean, think about it. The rankings are released weekly, you know, starting towards the end oh, of the yeah. season. So we don't have to worry about, what, eight other weeks of this. But it's kind of <laughs> cool to, to see, you know, the first rankings come out – and the second one's come out because we had a lot of people that either did not play up to the hype or either flat out and out lost. I mean, Clemson, that was a great game yesterday. You know, Clemson and uh, Syracuse. So you're kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. And then I remember what Syracuse they, uh, Syracuse actually gave LSU some problems. So it kind of, you know, I'm looking at two eyes because I'm like, okay, Clemson, here's some issues you have. But on the other side, I'm like, okay, Syracuse, we need to keep an eye on you because you guys have given two you know, top-ranked teams some issues here. So you just have to kind of just – you kind of go through it. I mean, USC, Colorado, 
uh, what was the other big one yesterday? Um, Oklahoma and Baylor was close. LSU, LSU Ole Miss was a blowout. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State, or, Iowa or State. LSU, Arkansas, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a Oklahoma State, look at it, 35. They had, I mean, they, they that was a great game. <laughs> that really well, was. And I think we have to remember that there is more parity in college football now because recruits have access to see so many of these teams. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of these smaller schools are impressive. And that's why they're, you know, they, they, they you know, you're seeing more of this. We sh- I think we just have to remember that. Yep, it takes time. It's going to happen. But I do I, – I don't think we need to panic. <laughs> I think everything is going to work itself out just quite fine. I mean, yesterday the youth lost to um, to Zona. So it's kind of like, whoa, who, like, who who all lost? It was number seven, wait, LSU, Utah. What was the other one? Yeah, a lot of teams lost yesterday that were eliminated. Yep. Stanford, yeah. Yeah, and then TCU kind of struggled with um, Kansas, and Boykin got hurt. But oh, the big one of the biggest yeah, ones to me was, um, and and Miami fans, please don't kill me, but seriously, this was just sad. North Carolina, fifty nine, the U, twenty one. That Joker was fifty two to three for the longest. <laughs> I'm I don't know what's Miami. going on in Miami. We're free. Oh it was God. Free. Shut the program down. <laughs> shut it. Shut it down. No, I don't shut them down. Oklahoma, they just need Oklahoma beating Baylor. Oklahoma beat Baylor um, on the road last night. Which, which guys, really what it t- what it tells you is the Big Twelve. If Oklahoma State doesn't win out, they're not going to get in. But Jonathan, do you think Oklahoma State wins out? I don't, I don't know if they can beat Oklahoma or not. But they so far so good for Oklahoma State. Another another team that hadn't played anybody yet, really. And that that you know, I was waiting on Oklahoma State to choke at some point, and it's just just can't catch a break there, if you will. <laughs> but I, I think honestly, I mean, if you look at Oklahoma State, what they have coming up, they they have two games left. They get Baylor and Oklahoma both at home. So. I mean, do I think they can beat Baylor uh, this Saturday? Yeah, I do. Do I think they can beat Oklahoma at home? Man, that game's going to be something special. They all, Whenever they get together, there's some sort of stupidity that happens. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I'm almost looking at it now. I'm thinking that that Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game could almost be a playoff game for whoever gets in. Um, I mean, and that that's barring Oklahoma beating TCU this Saturday. Which I think is going to happen. I think I don't know if Boykin's going to be able to come back from his ankle injury this week, and, and I think Oklahoma might wind up run up the score on them. So I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State could be for a playoff game. Yeah, but can Oklahoma get past the the blowout loss on you? The Oklahoma or Oklahoma lost to Texas. I mean, they got taken behind the woodshed against an unranked team. Is that going to hurt them? And it wasn't early in the year. It was. The fifth game of the season, twenty-four to seventeen, lost to Texas. It was actually worse than that. But what do you think about Oklahoma? If they do win, beat TCU and Oklahoma State, do they deserve to to be in there in the conversation? Uh, 
I mean, I think you can make a case for a lot of teams that deserve to be there, to be at least in the talk. But when it comes down to the ones that you're serious about, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I really don't. It's it's hard with Oklahoma because that uh, the Big Twelve yeah, should have lost to Tennessee. <laughs> should have lost to Tennessee. Should have lost to Tennessee. Yeah, that's and, see, that's the kind of know, stuff I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about those games. You know what? What did you? It's almost like the Auburn team. Um, what was it of a uh, crap? Fourteen? Was that fourteen last year? Where it was like every, every game, it was, something happened yeah, you know, to change the luck. It was like a lucky break, a lucky break, a lucky break. And with Oklahoma, their lucky break was Tennessee doesn't know how to finish. I mean, honestly, that's what it was. Uh, there's hmm. it's, it's so many teams that you could throw in that conversation. But I think when you really look down, when you really get down to the bare bones and get serious about it, you've got to look at, okay, who have they played? Where were they when they played them? What You know, you, you look at all of those factors. And, you know, Oklahoma could make a case, but mm, I don't think they're going to be in that, that well, top four. Well, the AP poll has Oklahoma State at number four, Jonathan, right now. Clemson won. It's funny how, you know, nobody has Clemson number one until the playoff committee did it. Now people are voting Clemson number one, Jonathan. I mean, I kind of think that's uh, sad that you have to use the playoff committee to do your rankings, don't you? I don't think Clemson is the best team in the in the country. There's nothing that I've seen this year that shows me that Clemson's the number one team in the country. Yeah, they're unbeaten. But hold on, hold on one second, Tarvin. Congrats to Peyton Manning. I've got it on mute, but he just uh, made his record. He's walking off, and they're they're uh, doing the field now. Sorry about that. No, I'm sorry. Jonathan, what what what's Clemson number one? What 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 separates them from everybody else? They played one game this year. They beat Florida State. They beat Notre Dame by two in a monsoon. But really, what have they done? And also, when I look at the playoff people, like Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, I see defenses with them. Possibly even Florida. These other teams, like Clemson, Oklahoma, all these guys, Baylor, TCU, they can't play defense to save their lives. Well, they beat big, bad Florida State, so obviously Clemson's number one. I mean, at any time, you know, you can beat two of the most hated teams in the country. Everybody's going to put you up there. They beat Notre Dame, and uh, I said, you know, you either, you know, there's no, I don't, I'm indifferent towards Notre Dame. You like to hate Notre Dame, and after Florida State's last national championship, you either liked or you hated Florida State. So, you know, I mean, Clemson beat two teams who were pretty much universally hated. So, of course, the number one, they beat the bad guys. You know, they, they beat Darth Vader. I, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I don't know if Clemson deserves that ranking or not. That's that's not, yeah, that's a good football team. Um, I, I mean, I wish we could have that game back, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Clemson's Clemson. They're going to get trashed in the first in the first playoff game. We all going to, you know, and all of us Florida State fans are going to get home laughing at them, going, "Y'all are stupid for thinking, you know, you're going to hope so." Yeah, let's look. At LSU fell down. LSU fell down in the AP all the way to 17. So they went from oh. two to nine to, to 17. They're they're out of any kind of conversation tiebreaker. Anything like that. Ole Miss found themselves back in the top 25. I don't know how, but here they are at 25. Oregon, 23. 
Uh, Southern Cal being ranked, I have no idea why they're ranked right now. I just, I don't understand it. Navy, 22, or up to 19, 8-1. Florida State jumped up three places to number 16. Just, just looking through all this, guys, Oklahoma went all the way up to 7 from 12, past Florida, past Michigan State. And, and Sonia, if Michigan State, in the debate at the end, will that loss that they got screwed out of against Nebraska, will that factor in the, maybe the committee giving them the benefit of the doubt? To me, Michigan State's 10-0 and 0 right now without corrupt officials. Exactly. Same here. I would hope so. I think so. But I'm going to tell you something that's yeah. uh, ample to your, to your point that you were making earlier as far as uh, some of these teams like Iowa and all of those. Temple, which was number 22. Lost yesterday. Twenty three they got they scored twenty three. The team that beat them scored forty four. Guess who that team was? Okay, who was that? It was uh, South Navy, Florida. Right? Or South, South Florida. Florida, yeah, that's right. South Florida beat them forty four to twenty three and they're number twenty two on the POC's list. So that's what I was saying as far as it kinda takes care of itself. The the POC is smart. They're 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 stopping the arguments of you guys don't consider these co- these schools because you know either conference or money or whatever prestige. Okay, so the POC is being fair. They're letting these teams on. They're ranking these teams, but it's up to the team to keep their ranking. And those teams are not going to be able to do so. So I, that's why I said it'll play itself out. And Jonathan, how bad is it? Not on that list this week. I bet they won't be. Jonathan, how bad does this hurt Notre Dame with Temple losing like that and also Stanford losing to Oregon? So that, that game against Stanford that Notre Dame is going to play, how important really is it going to be if they barely beat Stanford and that, that kind of style? Those two teams will be a close game. So Notre Dame, could they be on the outside looking in after all the conference championships are played? Because two teams just lost that really was helping their resume. I mean, I don't think it hurts Notre Dame too much. I really don't. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, Notre Dame is still uh, looked upon fondly, if you will, for for their schedule. Which the more you go through it, the more you go, yeah, that that's not a bad one. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think if Clemson keeps winning, Notre Dame will be all right. I really do. If Clemson wins out and finishes year number one, Notre Dame be all right. They'll find themselves on the spot. Because, um, like I said, I think the but, Pac-12 eliminated themselves last night, and the Big 12 still could. I doubt it. I mean, if Oklahoma beats Oklahoma State, and the committee's thinking with y'all's logic, then the Big 12's eliminated. So then you sit there and go, well, mm-hmm. why not Notre Dame? I mean, why not, you know? Well, Oklahoma could get in there. But, but also, is it going to factor into the playoff committee that Notre Dame and Clemson have uh, have already played this year. Is that going to lose some of the excitement that Notre Dame already played Clemson and lost? Uh, could that hurt Notre Dame, Sonia? A rematch. I think it would. I don't. I don't think that the the four final teams because there's there's you know another week we've got another two weeks of football left to play. I think in the next two weeks you're going to see the pretenders and you're going to see the true seekers. <laughs> of the top because you have to bring everything mm. I mean we've got you've got teams who are on the cusp right now they're right on the edge of the you know, uh, you know it's like okay impressive playoff committee so we can get ranked 
or impress the playoff committee so we can move up. Now, just to get ranked, that's one of those lower-tier teams, you know, like Temple trying to get back on or something like that so they get into a bowl game. Okay, great. But when it comes down to those final four spots, I think the POC is going to try their best to be as fair as they can, and I think that every win and every loss will count. And they're going to look at how you did against certain teams. Um, Bama, we didn't lose to Mississippi State big. It's not like they came in and, and we only scored a field goal or something. That came down to the wire. Bama fought back. We also turned the ball over five times. Okay, well, you can turn around and make the same case for, you know, this team in their game. So I think they're going to be taking a lot of that into consideration, and we're not going to see – a lot of people are going to be surprised. I really do. I think a lot yeah. of people are still trying to think like the POC, you know, and trying to figure the POC out. No, you can't. You really can't because I see what they're doing. They're trying to address every argument that came up against the, P- the BCS and every argument that came up against the POC even existing. So they're going to hit that, you know, try to make sure they shut that down first. And then each week he does, a, you know, he does, he explains what they went through, what their thinking was, if people actually watch that video. That way you kind of know, okay, this is what the POC is looking for. This is what they're looking at. Some of the rank, if you look at the rankings themselves, you can tell. I wouldn't put yeah. Iowa in the top. That's just me, but <laughs> they're trying to be fair. But, you know, the objective Sonia would. But the non-objective Sonia, no. So I think they are trying. Yeah, it's hard to but to be fair. And like you said, they're going to take care of it. If they do make it undefeated and they play, they have to play Ohio State, Michigan, or Michigan State, and if they do win that game, they're in. If they don't, then they were a fraud anyway. We don't even worry about it. But I guarantee you this, the four best teams in football will be in there. I think I think the committee will do a good enough job by then. And people keep forgetting this, Sonia, and you mentioned it a lot. Just because you're number four now doesn't mean anything until the end of the season. You can't really project conference champions, and that's one thing that people keep forgetting no, Notre Dame's at four. Notre Dame's at four. Well, guess what? They don't have a conference championship. And that team at five that just won their conference, they played that extra yep. game just past you. And I just think people – I mean, you can go down. Ask TCU, ask Baylor. I never saw it coming last year. I never saw TCU dropping after beating a team 59-3 to um, in the regular season game. I think they beat Iowa State or somebody. And then all of a sudden, Ohio State – was the true Big Ten champion, went undefeated in the Big Ten, lost the first game without the quarterback, some injuries. Now the closer I am, the further away I am, the more I see it now, why the committee did it. I'm wrong, too. I'm not perfect. I mean, you know, I make wrong judgment calls, too. I I, I miss, you know, mispredict some of these teams like Auburn this year. I mean, anybody with a common sense, would would have realized, and I didn't have common sense, obviously, that Auburn was going to struggle this year with losing their entire backfield, losing their quarterback, losing four people off the offensive line. I mean, you got to look at all this stuff. Look at their schedule. You know, the, the schedule was favorable, but let's let's quit listening to the media's bullshit, the propaganda and stuff, and start doing start doing our own research. Because if your own research, if you really looked at Auburn this year. You had some question marks, and my question marks was fullback in the offensive line. I never questioned Jeremy Johnson. I never once thought that 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 would even be a question. But again, what has he done to to deserve a Heisman Trophy right now, or even to be in consideration? That was nothing until you prove it on the field. 
you're nothing. But but next year yeah. it could be different. Auburn will be a lot better because they should have most of their line back. And Alabama, you know, you know what I mean. I think sometimes being a fan, we look at our team so different, Sonia. It's just like we can't. Jonathan, you're a big homer too. Don't lie over there. You're a homer like oh, I am. Oh, I, I, I know I am. And and, and 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 we always look at it like, okay, you know, here we are. We we don't realize we just lost four offensive linemen. And and, and one thing I didn't tell y'all that, that if you're not an Auburn fan, you don't realize Auburn lost their center yesterday that started every game this year uh, during the game. And after that, Auburn struggled offensively. So it wasn't just Gus Malzahn or Sean White. You lose a key member off your offensive line, you struggle. And I, and I think we we can't see as fans everything. We want to blame somebody. Somebody owe, somebody owes me an explanation. They don't owe us shit. There you honest. go. That, that's the honest truth. Gus Malzahn don't owe me anything. He, he's the one making the decisions down there, and there's more that goes on on the field than we can see on TV. There's more that goes on. Hell, Jeremy Johnson could have told him, hey, I'm scared, Coach. I don't want to go in. You know, put, put, put Sean in. I'm scared right now. I don't know what happened, but but I'm saying next year's preseason predictions will be a lot better by me and different. You know, oh, it'll yeah. be a lot better. A lot well, you got to think about it. The, POC, the POC are simply doing what we're doing right now. I mean, seriously, that's they just do it on a higher level. They discuss these teams. They have different points of view, and you can't represent your own conference anyway. You know what I mean? So you've got a different pair of objective eyes looking at your team the same way they would look at their team and also looking, you know, taking into consideration other factors like, you know, uh, health, injuries, things like that. So to me, I'll just be honest, to me the POC is actually doing a lot better than I personally thought they would. And I think they do it doing that. To, to counteract the, the uh, cries of bias or, you know, SEC bias, Big Ten bias, ACC bias. No, 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 no. Stop it. Just just let them do their job. Everything else will pay its, play its way out because I don't care who's ranked or what the rankings say. The rankings aren't playing football. People are. Yep. You know, so expectations, you expectations are expectations. Exactly. So when you look at these teams, it's kind of like, well, I expect them to do this. Well, guess what? That team that you expect to do that might not show up this game. Well, well guys, I want to let you all know that next Sunday we start rivalry week, and we're going to talk some trash on here. We're going to take calls from mm-hmm. all these fan bases. I may get Joey Busy on here with you, uh, Jonathan, and Paul Ewing to, to talk some trash because I think Florida State's going to beat Florida. Believe it or not, I think Florida State's going to beat them. Joey don't want none. <laughs> Joey, Joey don't want none. I, if you're listening right now, listen, Joey, you don't want none. You don't want to go there. You you want to come on here and you want to talk to chat, it's fine. But you really don't want to go there because the minute you throw a little jab, that's gonna, you know, you're going to think you're being slick or something, I'm going to shoot right back <laughs> at you. I'm going to spike that body belt back in your face, and you're going to go home crying to tell something to you later. Come, come back Saturday. It's going to be an ass whooping. Carolyn Harris gonna be, is going to be lucky. I mean, lucky to get out of there in one piece. You see what Darwin James did to Jacoby yesterday? You see what Terrence Smith did to uh-huh. Jacoby yesterday? Come on now. Bring it. Bring that trash tag. Get that home. Look at Jonathan get low hood over there. He's a young man. Tanya, I want, you, I want you to do me a favor, Tanya. I'm a, 
you know, Chris Haley's never called in this show. Smelly ain't called in a while. Get these get these punks on here for some weigh-in sports. We're going to have some rivalry week with the Iron Man. We're going to have some fun with this one. You, if you open up that chat room, I will promote it on Twitter and on Facebook all week. We will have a ball. <laughs> I will, I will actually, open we'll be the a, chat room. No, up. no, we'll be on our way back. It depends, what time are you having the show? Um, you talking about next Sunday? Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have the show probably at 8, 8.30, but we're also going to have okay. a show during the middle of the week, you know, like the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or something like that to be able to do some rivalry talk. We even we may even do Friday after Thanksgiving to to get ready cuz there's rivalry week. You can say what you want. You can be the best team in the world, but your team, that team is looking across from you, hates you. They got I mean, this gets and, and to me, whether we beat Alabama or not, it's been a disappointing season. If we beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl, that's great and all, but Auburn still 7 and 5 is not going to cut it. And it's still a disappointing season. Some Auburn fans are like Oh, if you beat Alabama, you can go one and eleven, and we're going to be happy. No, not me. <laughs> uh, I'm still disappointed. I'm still disappointed in the fact that 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 we lost some of these games that we should have won. But that Iron Bowl could be fun because these guys grew up together. They they oh, they played yeah. together. And the difference the difference in the Iron Bowl more now though is Alabama the way they recruit now. They recruit more on a national level where Auburn doesn't. Um, so some of these guys they really don't know. You know, as much. Back in the day, Alabama would recruit everybody in Alabama, Auburn, same thing. But now, Bama's going out to California. They're going up to Washington. They're going to Pennsylvania. So, some of these guys don't really understand the Iron Bowl until they get in that game. And then they're like, holy crap. You know, you, you play at Alabama or Auburn, you know what the Iron Bowl is. Just like you play at Florida, Florida State, you know what that, that big game at the end of the year is. But I don't care what people say about LSU and Alabama and all this. Auburn and Alabama is still a rivalry. And the reason it's a rivalry is because Auburn's winning some of the games and Alabama's winning some of the games. It's not one-sided as much as, as I thought it was going to be a couple of years ago. But so it's, 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 it's a good game. Florida, State, Miami. Auburn's our top yeah. in-state rival. Tennessee's our top SEC rival. We we like messing with y'all more. <laughs> y'all more fun. <laughs> We can get grimy with y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like family, what, family. What, 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 what Tennessee's really not a rival to Alabama anymore because they had won it like since Reagan was president. You know, oh, no, we Alabama. love that. That's, that's why we yeah, love making sure everybody knows they're our top SEC rival. <laughs> I love, so have, I'm, I'm telling you what. I'm, I'm learning. The Iron I'm Bowl is better, Auburn though, because fans. we get grimy. <laughs> See, I'm one of those Auburn fans that, you know, I'm not going to trash Bama fans, do all this. I actually respect the, the way Nick Saban coaches, the way they play football. you you got to have some respect for your rival, too. You gotta. There's mutual respect there from the real fans that are true fans. They actually respect one another. They work together. They don't, they're not going to go kill no trees or, or hurt nobody, you know, because their team loses. But, guys, I'm going to slip off football a minute and talk about something that happened last night that shocked me. And and I don't know how much you guys watch UFC, women's UFC especially, but Ronda Rousey, Jonathan, I mean, she's, oh. got, she's, a, she's a freak. And, man, I just, she I got gotta, her ass whipped. Hold on, I got to say this, though. And I'm, I saw a couple of other people post the same thing, but I'm going to call some folks out. All you people who were talking about Ronda Rousey was your girl, 
and how 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 bad she was, and she was this and she was that, and blah 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 blah. And now you talk about how sorry she is. She sucks. She's this. Sit your behinds down. Go sit yeah, down. Shut up. Don't even. I cannot. That's the one pet peeve that is guaranteed to irk me. Is when people sit here and you got somebody that was good and they lose, and all of a sudden they suck. Wait, wait, hold on. She lost one fight, Pippa. <laughs> hold on. It ain't like she she was like two wins and fifty three losses or something like that. No. Everybody loses. Everybody loses at some point. But you don't turn around and call somebody sorry. Just people say, Oh, FSU sorry. Oh. Alabama sorry. Auburn sorry. Everybody who wins a national championship oh. they don't win the next year. No. Yeah. No, they're not sorry. If you ever yeah. if you ever been in a fight, guys, if you ever been in a fight Jonathan, I mean, I'm sure, Sonny, you have too. Everybody, if you've lived, you've been in the fight. I've been in mm-hmm. fights with people before where, where they just got that lucky lick in. Now, all yeah. of a sudden, it's a start, and it kind of rattles you a little bit. It kind of throws you off. It gets you off. I mean, you, the best fighter doesn't always win in a, in a fight like that. All it takes is one time to get connected with the right way, and you're done. And people don't realize that. They think that. Like Mike Tyson just gonna go in there and knock everybody out before they love Mike Tyson until he lost. Like you said, now he sucks. He's a he's a piece of crap. No, Mike Tyson was mm-hmm. dead. You know, he just he just met his match with a, a better fighter. But Jonathan, what do you think about Rousey last night? Well, and, and I, I watch UFC. Um, I'm not a diehard. Oh my gosh, I have to see every fight ever. No, 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 no. I, I ain't that stupid. But uh, you know, I, I'm, I I pay attention. I got a good buddy who actually uh, did it in the '90s, and we were talking about it. And, and my thought before the fight was, if Ronda tries to play Holly's game, she's gonna get thrashed. Because she tried it with Correa and got lucky. With Correa, she got lucky. She got that one hit in, and that was it. You gotta remember, Holly was an Olympic boxer. I mean, she's going up against an Olympian, and you're going to fight her, in her at her game. If you're more of a wrestler, you're, you're you, you study more judo. If you're going up against a boxer. You can't outbox a boxer. She's not a boxer. Let's let's just be honest. Uh-huh. So Rousey went in there with that slow head, thinking she could dominate anybody, and she found out after the first minute, oh crap, I'm not the bully. And instead of changing yeah. the, the style up going into the second round, she decided to keep trying to go hand to hand with with Holly. And got and got her lunch taken from her. That's what happened at the end of the day. But yeah. what she's going to do now is this is going to set back women UFC until Ronda and Holly get a rematch because nobody's going to care until Ronda's back in that belt spot because all anybody wanted to see was Ronda fight Cyborg for for the uh, for the belt and now you're not going to get that. So Ronda's going to have to be uh, going to have to face Holly again. She's going to have to beat Holly and then we can see the the super match of Cyborg and Rousey. But until then, yeah. women's UFC just took a huge step back. See, I thought it didn't. I thought I actually think that it made it more exciting. Like it's not just one fighter being dominated or dominating people all the time. This is actually now we have a rivalry in UFC because Ronda Rousey, if she comes back and takes it more serious, but Ronda Rousey on an interview a couple weeks ago said what she feared about this fight, like. She had never said this, give anybody any respect. She just goes out there and beat the piss. She was worried. You could tell she was worried about this this fighter because of her style. And she said, I know what she's going to do. She's going to try to make me be – she's going to frustrate me and get under my skin, and that's exactly what she did. And then she beat the piss yep. out of her. So 
Now Ronda Rousey's got a chance to come back. Now if Ronda loses again, that could hurt UFC. But if Ronda comes back and wins and makes all this money and, and then all of her fans will come back, Sonya, right? All the ones that jumped off the bandwagon. Yep. They'll all come back. But see, the ones the ones that really get me, though, are like the, the ones who are like, um, oh, I wonder what Floyd Mayweather has to say and blah, 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 and this and this and that. If, if you take joy in somebody else's loss, Seriously, you know what I mean? Like, it's different when you're just, you know, we smack talk as fans. But if you're seriously taking, like, enjoying somebody else's loss, that shows the kind of character you have. And oh, so well, for some of these people, it's kind of like you're not winning any fans by poking fun at this woman who just lost a game. Or and just that's what game. we saw last night, though. We saw Floyd post a couple tweets, you know, post, uh, I think it was, like, a yeah. couple tweets about it. Uh, we saw Nisha Tate, who Rousey has thrashed, beaten the snot out of three times, stand up, in, you know, up in the middle of a strip club in Vegas, bragging about it, and then hopping on Twitter and getting lippy. We saw Cyborg, who the reason Cyborg is not in the UFC is because she won't get off juice, and even when she does, she can't cut weight to fight Rousey. Rousey already told her, I'm not fighting at a catch weight. Okay, and you saw Cyborg getting lippy about it, and everybody knows Cyborg's dirty issue, so it's like, why are you spouting off? You know, it's that, a, Holly is the only one allowed to run her mouth right now. Holly's the only one to beat her. Yep. The only one to say, look what I did. Look at me. Everybody else needs to sit in their corner. And Floyd? Floyd. Look, Thank Floyd. you. I supported you until you started ducking Pacquiao. I was behind the floor, behind Money Mayweather as a boxer until he started ducking Pacquiao. At least Ronda goes ahead and fights all the top competitors in her division. You kept right. ducking and fighting guys who are five steps below you. So you just need to shut up and sit down. I know you got more money than I'll ever have, blah, blah, blah. I, I know that. You know what, though? At least I can read a book. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, you wait know, a minute. You know what? Just... Go ahead, Tanya. Go ahead, Tanya. <laughs> wait a minute. Jonathan said at least I can read a book. Jonathan, and at least you don't hit women. Okay? Exactly. While you bragging about this woman beating on the woman, the only reason you upset is because this woman called you out on your BS. Floyd... Is a woman beater. He has a history. This ain't no one or two incidents. No, nah, no. Nah. Three times. No, nah, no. Nah, you got You've been convicted. Seven. Seven. Seven different women have come forward. Dude, don't sit here and tell me that all seven of these heifers are lying. No. Hey, how, Not how, at all. How, how, how much does he weigh? How, how much does he weigh, guys? Does he weigh about 150 pounds? I want to say about buck fifty-five. I would look. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not a great fighter. I'm not trying to. Do I would beat his ass within 20 seconds. I would have him skull drug, guys. Bruh. And he's over here running his damn mouth, and he's rich. I swear, I would. I'm have a woman. Beat to I'm just, No, he just ain't hit the right woman. Hit me. Exactly. <laughs> hit me unless he was up. Cause I ain't gonna hit you. I'm gonna shoot you, and I'm gonna shoot you in a place yeah. not expected. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say you gonna, you and that bag are gonna be really good friends for the rest of your life. <laughs> but no, nah, yeah, I hate the way people are with a woman like that. But she did get a boxing and all this. I'm a, I'm a street fighter. I'm gonna pick up a damn pole and hit you across the face with it. That's how that's how we roll. We don't we don't have any rules, do we, John? That's right. We do not. Uh, uh-uh, honey. Mm-mm. Look, look <laughs> in street fighting, there aren't any rules. That, that's what, that's what people need to remember. 
Floyd want to step outside the ring and get into a fight with somebody, he's going to get hurt because what's going to wind up happening is somebody going to grab that beer bottle, smash it over his head, and he ain't going to know what to do. I mean, you got to understand that. <laughs> people who are boxing, now, UFC oh. fighters, it's a whole different animal because there's rules in UFC, but it's still, it's open. I mean, I'm not sitting back and I, yeah. I can't, you know, just sit there and ra- oh, ride with punches. I can ride punch shit out of you in UFC. Don't worry about that. So, I mean, and, and if Floyd wanted to get Lippy and step into a UFC octagon, you go ahead and step into the octagon. You ain't going to come out one piece. i tell you that right now. You want to get Lippy with Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar was a bad fighter, man. That was a bad dude. You know we want to step into a room with Brock Lesnar. Uh, that's what people forget. I'd like to see John Cena step into an octagon and see what would happen. You know, because I, I know John Cena, he's a nice guy. Right, but I'd like to see him step into the octagon. I don't know if he really could whoop up on somebody. He's big enough. I mean, that guy's bicep bigger than my head. But, I mean, that's just what we have to remember is that boxers and UFC and wrestlers, it's three different elements. It really is. And you cannot, you know, start talking about how you could do this in this league. But in all reality, you don't know how to do half the stuff these guys are doing. I mean, yep. you know, Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo is coming up. And everybody's talking about how McGregor can get, is going to get up at him. I tell you what, if Aldo can stay healthy, which seems to be impossible, that's a bad man. That is a bad man. He's going to do things that's going to make you think twice. Look up Jose Aldo's highlight tape, and you can sit there and go, he just kicked the dude in the head, and I don't even know how he got on top. He's like, stand on the side of kicking him. I mean, it's unreal. I mean, you know, so in, in boxing, it's just I'm using my I'm using my body against your upper body. Yeah, I'm dancing around. It's important me whether you ran a marathon. But in UFC, it's a whole new game. You have to incorporate everything into it, and that's what people seem to forget. Yeah. Break it in. down. Well, guys, right now Kansas City's up ten to nothing on the Denver Broncos, and they're driving. Jonathan Peyton's thrown two picks already, and they look very weak passes. Like something's wrong with Peyton. This either he's old. Or, or it's time to step down. Your Tampa Bay Buccaneers got a big win over the Cowboys, ten to six. I know you're happy about that. Here's a shocker, yes, guys. I, I, uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville goes on the road and beats Baltimore, twenty-two to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> Lions beat the Packers. Lions over the Packers, eighteen to sixteen. The Dolphins beat the Eagles, twenty to nineteen. Uh, Vikings up thirteen to seven on the road against Oakland. They were up thirteen nothing. Oakland just scored. The Patriots and Giants tied at seven. Looks like the Patriots about to kick a field goal. Anything y'all want to talk about before we go? That's everybody has. I will be in T Town next week. Team Minson will be in Tuscaloosa for the game, and we'll be at Chris Smelly's house. So. <laughs> okay. Party at Smelly's who's house. Who's Alabama play? Who's, who's Alabama play next week? Charleston. Charleston. Charleston, darling. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Auburn, Auburn plays Idaho. Auburn's only, a, Auburn's only like a 33-point favorite. So maybe maybe we can get healthy and figure out how to how to run the or pass the football down the field to get ready for Alabama. That's what I was going to say about Alabama. The only way you can beat them is if you can throw the ball down the field accurately. I don't see a quarterback on Auburn that could throw from me to you right now 10 yards away accurately. So so we we, we, we could be in some trouble in that Iron Bowl, Johnson. What do you think, man, real quick? Oh, I think it sounds like uh, you, you want you want me to go ahead and take uh, snaps for Auburn, a quarterback. I mean, I got the throwing arm ready. 
Jonathan on a roll I, today. I, I want to I, I I go get Nick Marshall from Jacksonville and just say, come on back one more year, man. Come on. <laughs> come on. Well, just, you know, just you, one you game. You can always hold open tryouts like uh, you can have open tryouts just like Florida did for kickers. No, I think we should just let them play as they are. I love the way Auburn's playing right now. A lot better on defense, but that offense, that offense is no joke. Sad. Well, anyway, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll be back on probably Wednesday or Thursday. It just depends. If we don't do one during the week, we'll definitely be on Sunday to start rivalry week and to review some big games for the Big Ten and Big 12 coming up. The SEC really doesn't have anything big uh, this weekend. It's kind of that, that one that all these fans will be talking all week. The SEC, look at them playing cupcakes right now in November. But, man, they deserve to play some of those cupcakes after some of the brutal games I've seen. But, guys, take care of yourself, and we'll see you next week. All right. Roll tight, roll. Everybody help you safe. <laughs>